Okay, so I want you to get your Bibles out, please. Go to the book of John, chapter 15, verse 16. I'm preaching a message today, just going to be a, I think it's just going to be a one message. So, I'm a person who doesn't like to lose time, and uh, time is valuable to me. And so no matter, even if I'm, if you were to see me and you said, well, he's not doing anything, I'm always thinking, I'm always, I'm always, my mind's always going, I'm always trying to, to, to just, just, just going and going and going and going and going. And so, so I may be, in, I may not be feeling good and uh, maybe hurting and maybe laying there, but I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I want some messages. I got so many messages that I, I just pray I can get it all out straight this morning because I have like three and I just got some more sitting over there right there to another one. And, and so anyway, y'all just have to bear with me, okay, because I'm excited about this because I love it when God shows me something that I'm not looking for. You know, like you got to understand something, whether you realize it or not, what's taking place, what you're sitting in right now in the middle of what is happening. This is not normal. Okay, I am not some highly trained uh, orator. And for me to come up here and to speak a word that speaks to your heart. It's God. It's a, it's a miracle. It's a Holy Ghost encounter. And for God to speak to me and use me and show me and get me straight, and do, it, it's, a, it's all his spirit. It's a, it's a miracle taking place. I see it as a miracle every Sunday, okay? And so uh, how many of you all know that there's some times in life that an event happens to you in life? Could be a good event or a bad event, but an event happens to you in life, and then you, you, you never forget it. It's fresh, Every day. You know what I mean? Like it could be the first, the first toy you ever got or the first, you know, you could go back and think back. Christmas is past, all right? Are y'all with me? Y'all live? You can, can give me a head nod or something. I mean, really, this is a participating mess. I'm looking for something here, okay? And so, so uh, you know, and, and, and so I can't tell you my examples because a lot of the things that are in my examples get me thrown off the air if I told you what they were, so i gotta, I got to get off that thought. But one, this is, this is 25 years ago. I was working, and I was coming in for lunch, and I came in, and I made myself a sandwich, and I sat down on the, the couch, and I turned on the television. And so the TV came on because it was always left on the Westerns channel, and Bonanza was playing, an episode of Bonanza. Does everybody in here know what the, the show is, Bonanza? Can you give me a hand if you know? Okay, if somebody didn't raise their hand around you, then explain to them about Bonanza. Bonanza wasn't one of my favorite series, okay? But it was, it was a Western, so I'd watch it. Well, anyway, it just happened to be, and some of y'all have heard this story, but others haven't, so anyway, I'm telling it again because it's real to me. It became real this week. And so I was sitting there, and I'm eating my sandwich, and there's this, this episode's already playing. It's already going. And so Ben, who, you know, was the, the father, had this kid, who's, uh, his name was Jamie, that he was taken to town to adopt into the Cartwright family. And so he's in the horse and buggy, and they're going down the road, and the kid looks at Ben and says... I just appreciate it so much that you, 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 you're going to adopt me and bring me to the family. I know I can never be like your, like your other children, Hoss and little Joe. I, I'd never be the same as them. But I, I just thank you so much for, 
for bringing me into your family. And Ben just pulls up the wagon, you know, whoa, the buckboard. And he says, I don't think you understand. <clears throat> See, I'm going to get choked up and start crying over just this. This is 25 years ago this happened. So he says, I don't think you understand. Don't you understand that I married my wife and we had the children, but I had no say in what children it was. I, my wife became pregnant and we had Hoss, yes, and we had little Joe, yes, and, and they came into this world and I love them. And yes, they're my children, but I had no say. I didn't get to pick them out. But you, I see you. And I'm looking at you, and I choose to adopt you and bring you into our family. And so I'm eating my sandwich, and I'm watching it, and I start crying, you know, saying, oh, God, that's what you did to us. You, got, you chose us. It says in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should, you should go forth and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain. Listen to me. You have to understand something. God chose us in Jesus. He chose you looking at you. The Bible says he chose you in your sin. And I, like that show when I was watching, that kid was thinking, Oh, I just think, I'm so grateful to be in. Thank you. I'm just subservient. I'm down here. And he said, no, 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 you don't understand. I got, I see you, but I choose you. And so many times as Christians, we live like that. We live with the wrong attitude towards our Heavenly Father. We live with the attitude of, oh, thank you. I'm just glad I got in. I'm just glad I got into the house. I'm just glad that, God, you, you, you brought me into the kingdom. You know, I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm not going to ask you for a promise. I'm not going to ask you for, 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 for anything to happen in my life. I just, Lord, I just thank you. I'm just so glad just that I don't burn in hell. And that's the way we act as Christians. When the whole matter of it is he chose you. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says it this way. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasures of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now, I don't want to get into a deep theological message about predestination or anything like this. I'm just telling you, God chose you to be in Christ Jesus. Everybody has an opportunity to come to know Jesus. Can I have a better amen than that? Everybody has an opportunity. God has made a way through Jesus for everybody to accept. But we have to choose. Hello? But when we choose, then he says, we're adopted into the family of God. So you're no longer a servant, you're a son. You're no longer just some adopted child. You're sitting at the right hand of the throne of God in Christ. Are y'all following me? Okay, so... Another story. So then I came across this this week, and I, 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 I was just like, what? And so the title, of this, the title of this message is this part. The title of this message is The Rabbit Effect. The Rabbit Effect. Okay? There was a study done. This is all true. I ain't making this up. Go look it up. There was a study done in 1978 by a guy named uh, Robert 
near him. And he was studying the effect of high-fat diets on rabbits, okay? And so he had already calculated all this stuff was going to happen. He's going to feed these rabbits his high-fat diet. They were going to get high cholesterol. They were going to produce fat nodules around on them. He was going to say, okay, this is what happens in the diet. You do this diet, and if this is the kind of diet you're eating, you're going to end up looking like a fat rabbit. And so he started doing the test and uh, doing the, you know, the, the, the study, and he had grad students working for him. And so the grad students were working, and they had two pens of rabbits. And so as, as the test went on, he noticed that one pen of rabbits was absolutely doing exactly what he said was going to happen. They're eating a high-fat diet. They're developing these fat nodules on them. They're also, but the other pen of rabbits being fed exactly the same stuff, they weren't. And they, 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 weren't, they weren't developing anything wrong. They just looked like big old nice, healthy rabbits. And so they were trying to say, what, what's the deal? You know, how can this be? And so they were trying to, you know, you sure you fed them right? You know, la, 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 la. Did they get the same feed? Did they get the same everything? Finally, they found out it was a grad student. Because the grad student was a real tender-hearted, sweet grad student. And so she would pull the rabbits out and love them and pet them and put them back in the cage. And then the other grad student was just throwing some feed in there and walking on by. But she loved the rabbits. She petted the rabbits. She stroked the rabbits. The rabbits produced dopamine. The rabbits produced endorphins within themselves that then combated the high-fat diet and turning, literally in their brains, were producing a chemical, turning the high-fat diet into a normal diet so that they were totally healthy. And they thought, this can't be. So they redid it, got the same grad student, and they said, okay, you go in there and you love the rabbits and just feed these over here. And this, the test worked out the same. And they got to think, well, wait a minute, there's something going on here because somebody is loving the rabbit. The rabbit is literally, their body is producing what it needs to produce to live. It's called the rabbit effect. You can go look it up. So it got me to thinking, all right. We're the rabbits, getting fed everything crazy in the world. I mean, <coughs> you got to understand something. I'm the kind of person, I'm not saying I'm right by any means. I, I, I'm just hostile. I just came from hostile people, okay? It's my heritage. Like, when I get sick, sickness, stress, economy, I get mad. That's not the way to do it, Okay. But I get angry. I get angry about it all. You know, this is, you know, I get mad at my body. I get mad at my nose. I get mad at my joints. I get mad at everything. You know, you're going to work. You're going to produce, you know. And, and then, you know, that, I can't say it helps, but it makes me feel better. But I thought, oh, man, wait a minute. What are you saying here, Lord? You're saying you love the rabbit and the, literally the rabbit's body then produced what it needed to get victory. And I told my wife, I said, I'm so sick, and don't take this wrong. I'm just so sick and tired of everything in life is bad, you know. Again, don't take this to an extreme. I'm just saying, every time you turn around, there's something else. You need to drink water, but oh, dear God, don't drink it out of that plastic dip bottle. That's this guy's full of BPHs. It'll kill you. 
Well, how many BPHs I got to have to kill me? Oh, but you got to drink the water. Oh, but it's got to be in a glass. Well, if you drop a glass, it's going to break you. You want to step on a bare foot, cut your foot, you might bleed to death, you know? I'm just saying everything, everything that's on anything, you, you, you produce, they literally, I saw a commercial the other day flip through on the television, and it showed all these, like, literally healthy, uh, uh, what would you call them, vitamins, minerals, herbs, stuff, all this healthy stuff, and they're like, you know, are you taking this many bottles of pills, you know, and they got all this stuff out here, you know, and you're supposed to eat this and these, this and these, and this, and then, and then he says, but here, and then it, what, what were they offering? Just their bottle of pill. You didn't need all those others. You just take theirs. And I was like, that's what the last one said. Hello? Are y'all with me? And, you know, now they're down on, have y'all, you know, you have straw. Straws are killing everything. So now they, they, they thought you could suck, drink out of a paper straw? What kind of an idiot would even think of something like that? Right? And I'm just saying the world just keeps getting to this place where there's nothing you can do before long. It's like you'd have to have a hazmat suit on and then probably it would have something. Somebody would come up and say, oh, don't use that type hazmat suit. Oh, you had that mat. Oh, my gosh, that one right there. That hazmat suit wasn't approved to be walking on Mars with. And so therefore you, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And I just get tired of it. I'm like, leave me alone. And then I, it hit me. I said, isn't it funny? What if the, the rabbit effect? Now, just follow me on this thinking. Y'all just follow me on this thinking. What if God created you to be so connected with him that he's just loving you and your body's adjusting to the glory of God that just functions and works like it's supposed to and your life goes in. Oh, there's problems, there's tribulation, there's troubles, there's trials, there's things. But if you're just getting stroked by the handler every day and just getting loved by him and then your body just starts releasing the endorphins it needs and everything starts getting because you're not worried. Oh my God, was that organic? I put it in my mouth. Hello? The other day when I was not feeling well, you know what, you know what the only thing that I could eat? I tasted good. That even seem like taste? Fritos. It can't be nothing good in Fritos. But it made, me, it made me happy. I ate them. I didn't feel good. I ate Fritos. Go ahead. Mark, one, mark an X on my, my you know, nutritional health that day. Bless God, I ate a Frito. But you see, if you just stay under this bondage to where everything you're doing in life is like, oh, my gosh, 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 oh, my gosh. Yeah, you live under that stress, live under that, rather than being the, getting your, just being a rabbit sitting there getting your stroke and petted, go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Is this kind of hitting home, making a little sense? 1 John 4, 17 says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has been made perfect in love. We love him because he first has loved us. Wow. Wow. Perfect love casts out fear and God loves us. Folks, as Christians facing to whatever's going to happen tomorrow, we sh should still be knowing that the master is going to get us out of the cage and pet us. 
The rabbit effect should be just something we experience all the time because we know God loves us. And the love that God has for us cast out the fear. We say, oh, no, but you don't understand. Isn't that what we say? Because, see, we don't want to ever be sick. We don't ever want to have to walk through a trial. We don't ever want to have a tribulation. We don't want to do no tribbing. Right? But then how could you have a testimony to tell me that you're 10 years cancer-free over, over a cancer that, that was rare and, and whatever, but God has delivered you and set you free? You would not have a testimony then. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. If our answer to everybody was, oh, well, my life's perfect. I don't ever have a problem. never had a problem in my life. Well, this is how we should be living. Not that we're not going to have a, ever have a problem in life, but every problem that comes about in life, if we know that we're in love, I'm talking about like bathed in love, then it would cast out all fear. I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't tell you what's going on. I can just tell you that right now everybody is saying, woe is me. Everything is going to go bad. Hello? But then how depressing to live that way. I'd rather we live like, well, God's got me. I'll overcome whatever. Hello? I mean, there's a few things that I know we could fix. Like if they'd send us to wherever these different places are in the cities where everybody just keeps going in and looting the city and Loot the, loot the deal and go out and just give us a stick and let us stand there. We'd stop that pretty quick. Some ropes, some pig and strings, and some sticks. Man, we put that whole thing there, have them all hogtied right there and ready for the cops to pick them up. Wouldn't be no big deal at all. Make a sport out of it. A few years, we'd have it in the national finals rodeo as a sport. <laughs> Who can hogtie a thief quickest? But there's some things that are out of our control. Hello? But you know what we're going to do? How about just taking the, 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 taking the uh, stance? God, I just think you, I'm saved. You got me. God, you're going to take care of me. You said you would. Let me go on here a little bit. John 14, 1. You usually hear this scripture at a funeral. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so... I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus told him, said, well, don't, be, don't let your heart be troubled. You're not to let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, just believe also in me and everything's going to be okay. Got mansion. You know, one of the, 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 the word there, mansions, can be translated also rooms. It can be mansions or it could be translated rooms. I have many rooms, Okay. So I want to show you a scripture that just jumped out to me the other day, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. I want to read, I want to show you this, because you're going to want to write this one down, put it on your ice box. It's 22, 23, and 24. But you have come to Mount Zion into the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. When I saw that word registered in heaven, I went and looked it up, and it literally means has a, you have a reservation. <laughs> so think about this. The day you got saved, the day you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you got a reservation to what John 14 says, to a room or a mansion in heaven. 
you got a reservation. Now, how many of y'all know, and I've told you this story before, the very first time I ever got to fly first class on an airplane, I was traveling with a guy who was a travel agent. He got me first class tickets, and we flew first class to Chile. And so I got to sit in first class. As I walked into the first class compartment, I, I knew I was not the cut of a person who belonged in first class. But I was so insistent, I kept my ticket. I had my ticket. There ain't nobody getting that ticket out of my hand. It had my name on it, my flight information, and it said I had a first-class seat, and by God, I was holding on to it, and I was going to get my first-class chair. Because if somebody would have come up to me and started saying, you, you, you know, sir, I'm sorry, sir, you know, you, you're, you're obvious back coach material. They could have talked me out of it pretty quick, you know, got all snobby on me and stuck up on me and, you know, and acted all more and high and mighty, you know, could have probably shoved me around. But I had a ticket, so, man, I was ready to fight. And so every time anybody came around, I was expecting the stewardess to say, sir, really? But they didn't. They were very nice. Nobody even wanted to see my ticket. I was a little disappointed because I was ready to fight. Like, here's my ticket, bless God. Hey, nobody dragged me out there. I just locked myself in there because I had a reservation. Oh. But now it says here, I got a reservation in heaven to a mansion. Now, the problem is I don't know the date. Blast it. I mean, come on. All of y'all will admit, okay, the only reason why, like, like you want to believe to make sure that there is a rapture is because you know that, like, if it comes down to the close and you're thinking it's really close and you can do whatever you want to and eat whatever you want to because it ain't going to make any difference because you're going to go to heaven. Zip. You know it, and that's why he doesn't tell us no date and give us anything like that, because all of us would just go to pot overnight. Come on, you know it. Be like, I've been holding off ice cream so I'd live longer, but we're going to heaven in two days. Give me a tub, man, I'm going to eat her. So I don't know the date of when the reservation is, and so I pray like this all the time. Lord, I thank you I got a reservation in heaven. I don't know the date, but I guarantee I'm not leaving planet Earth. One moment, one second before my date comes up. I'm going to stand here and fight. I'm going to stand here and be a thorn in the side of the devil. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to declare it all the way until my reservation date. But I don't want to be late on my reservation date either. Right? You ain't missing the flight. First wave out. So you're stuck here on this earth. Now just listen to me. I'm going to get this message. It's going to go real fast now. So here we go. Let me back up. Petting a rabbit. Rabbit's happy. Everything goes good with a rabbit. You're here. You got a reservation date. You know you're set to heaven. You know you got a mansion, but you're stuck on earth. So you need petting. So how are you going to get petting? How are you going to get the love of God in you? Right? He said love that's going to cast out all the fear. How are you going to get God's love, well, you're going to have to have a revelation of it. And then you're going to have to bask in it that God loves you, all right? So here's a few to write down. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. It says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Well, the first thing you got to realize is that the earnest money put down on you is the Holy Ghost. So he didn't leave you alone. 
He just said, you're going to have to work when understand the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit. You say, what do you mean? Okay, well, how could I be laying, sitting in a chair because I can't get up and I'm flipping through my phone and I'm looking because I'm angry. I'm looking up war stories. And I come across the rabbit effect. Now, I'm not a very good searcher on research, okay? How does it happen? It's called the Holy Ghost. It's like Jesus is sitting there, and he says, okay, Holy Ghost, you've got a problem. Robert's over there. He's watching war videos, and uh, it ain't looking good. He's headed down the wrong path. He said, get, slip in something here we can get him stirred up on. And so then I start reading rabbit effect. Oh, rabbit, rabbit effect. <gasps> then I'm off. Then I, now I got my Bible out. And so Jesus smiles and says, okay, we got him. He's going to be okay. Yeah, things like that is the Holy Spirit, the guarantee that he's put on you, the earnest money that's there for you all the time, not just to help you find your keys, to keep you on track, to keep you going right, to keep you looking at things correctly. So when, you know, something over here happens and you're like, oh, my gosh, what is going on over there with that? That you just say, wow, okay, well, Holy Spirit, what, do you, what, do you, what am I supposed to be doing? This living relationship we have with him to show us what to do. Something doesn't work right. And you're like, this has to work. And you're spending all your time praying, trying to force this thing to work. And you stop and you say, Holy Spirit, what's going on here? And he says, oh, you don't need to go there. You need to go here. Literally, the Holy Spirit may have saved some of your lives by not allowing what you were trying to pray through to get done so you didn't kill yourself. Or go to a bad doctor. Hello? What if the doctor would have sneezed at the last moment and cut something on the inside of you? He's a bad doctor. You didn't need him. Wondered why he couldn't make that appointment. It was all of heaven trying to keep it from happening. Okay. So that takes us to another little thing, James 1, 2, which you're not going to like this. I might as well take a wet towel right now and slap each one of you in the face with it as hard as I can, and you would appreciate it probably more. Some of you... Don't have James 1, 2 through 4 in your Bible because you've already cut it out. You say, finally, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. The Holy Ghost reminded me of this when I really would have just wanted to go to heaven. He said, you count it joy. joy. Well, wait a minute. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Wow. If we can get into this patience and get this patience, which is really the word endurance, and get our endurance to the place it needs to be in our walk with Jesus because we're able to endure because we know that we know that God loves us. Come on, keep it in the right concept. We know the rabbit effect that God loves us and he's petting us and we're counting it joy because joy and peace and love that God's got all this coming towards us. And we're saying, oh, God, I know it's a trial, but you're going to get me through it. And I stand before you today, and I didn't die, right? I mean, when I was really sick, had Jesus appeared and said, Robert, if you want to come home with me, come on. I'd have jumped. I said, man, anything get out of this body right now, okay? But you got to understand something. Counting it a joy is easier when you understand you're in love. 
that God is surrounding you and love. This rabbit effect's taking place. Man, God's wanting to love you and just give you, and you know he's for you. He's not against you. He's not forsaken you. He's there. You just maybe don't understand all the circumstances. Your, your, your footings aren't just real strong, but you, you're trusting that he's got you. Are y'all following me here? Because there's no other way you're going to look at it. You cannot take the pain and suffering you're going through and just say, oh, I'm so thankful I've hurt. Hello? I mean, there's something wrong with you if that's what you're like, you know? Because then that means all you had to do is go smash your finger on an anvil every day and you'd be happy. So there's got to be something more to it. How are you going to count it a joy? Well, it's not that you're counting it a joy you're walking through the trial. It's counting it a joy that God's moving on your behalf. That he's got you, that you're okay, that the rest of the world's like getting flushed down the toilet, but bless God, you're not. You're so glad you got saved. You're so glad you're in covenant with him. You're so glad that God's got you, that God's going to make it work out, that you're going to get to see a miracle because you're in the miracle territory. Mm, mm, mm. The rabbit effect. You just need a few strokes from the hand of God. Let me show you this next one. 2 Peter 1, 2. 2 Peter 1, 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. So grace and peace comes to you the more you know God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. And as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So if he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, that means you already have everything. So you already have everything. You know what I'm saying? You already have everything. You already have every blessing from heaven. You already have God on your side. You already have everything that's there. The creator of the world wants to work with you and give you. You already have everything. And you got the loving grad student rubbing your back. Think of that. He's already given you everything. He's loving you. He's taking you through it. But wow. Wow. Then you can't say, well, golly, I'm. So glad I'm saved. So glad I know you, Jesus. So glad you're going to take care of this situation. I can count it joy because of the rabbit effect. You love me. And your love is producing it in me. Everything that I need to walk with you in godliness. Here's another one right quick. Isaiah 54, 17. This one you ought to know by heart. But it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So the word there to mean, you know, won't prosper, it means it's not going to, it's not going to get ahead of you, all right? It's not going to grow bigger than you. It's not going to get stronger than you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And then every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This is the heritage. This is your inheritance. So what did you inherit when you, when you got adopted into the family of God? What did you inherit? You inherit that no weapon that forms against you will ever prosper. But you don't understand, Pastor. I'm in a bad situation. Well, you have to stop and look and say, is the bad situation, where did it come from? And are you feeding it? You know, you can't say, listen, I, 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 I've been ugly to my wife, I know, 
But, I mean, she's got to straighten up sometime because I've been praying for her. So then you do have some weapons prospering over you because you're doing it wrong. There's some learning curve in all of this. Hello? There's a learning curve in, in your Christian walk. You don't just get saved and then know it all. you got to have a learning curve. You know, if you have no character as a Christian, well, then you, you got to learn. You're on a learning curve. You got to get you got to get character built on the inside of you because your character is destroying anything you're doing as a Christian. Am I right? But you got to understand it's still your your heritage that no weapon that forms against you is going to prosper. So whatever's formed against you is not going to prosper. God loves you. You can count it joy. You're going to have to persevere. But then as you persevere, you're only going to be more perfect. I told the Lord the other day, I'm bound to be close to perfection. And he did that too. He snickered, laughed, just like that. All right, let me give you these last two, then we're going to quit. Ephesians 1.3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Wait a minute. Do you see all of these scriptures are saying God has already given you everything? He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He's already given you a, 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 that no weapon that forms against you is going to prosper. He's already given you promises, the exceeding great and precious promises. He's already given you everything. It's all in Jesus. And then he loves you and he wants you to produce fruit. He's already done it all. It's up to us to walk in the love of God. Not be like. The kid getting adopted and saying, oh, you're never going to love me like you do your own sons. Not living a life like that and having a relationship like that with God saying, yeah, I, I, I'm just so thankful I'm in. Let me just slip under the gate. Like my little dog, she ain't got no good sense. She'll never wait for me to open the gate to go down to, the, to feed the sheep. She wants to crawl under, the, under the, the gate always. And I'm like, get over here. You're the master's dog. You don't crawl under the gate. Get over here and wait till I open the gate. Then you walk into the pen with me as the master's dog, not some gate-crawling weasel. That's what God said about you. Quit crawling under the gate. Get over here. Deuteronomy 28.8, it says, The Lord commanded a blessing to you on, this, on your storehouse and in all at which you set your hand to, that you're blessed in all the land in which the Lord gives you, that everything you put your hand to is going to prosper. And the last scripture. I love this. Every one of you health nuts is not going to like this scripture. But I like, I might have this also added to the back side of my tombstone. The front, I want it to say finally. But this may be for the back. Nehemiah 8.10. Nehemiah 8.10. This is a great one. This is right up there with bodily exercise. does you little profit. Nehemiah 8.10. And he said unto them, go your way. Eat the fat and drink the sweet. And send portions to those who for, who, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so I'm going to leave you with this in this message, okay? If you want the rabbit effect in your life, you want that, you're going to have to learn the joy of the Lord. You're going to have to learn, to, and, and you're not going to get the joy of the Lord because everything goes perfect. It ain't going to go perfect. We live in a fallen world being run by idiots. And I'm sorry to say. You know, when I, I, I was telling my wife this this morning. Okay, 
when I grew up as a young boy, and maybe I'm just some naive country boy that's just very impressionable. But we grew up as a kid. You know, I went with my father everywhere. And, uh, and, and he would, you know, he would always introduce me to the people. And I remember that at, in those days in Sabnow, there was Judge Woodley. And Judge Woodley was the, I guess he was like the district judge. And, and he was, lived in Sabnow. And I remember meeting him, and I was like, he's a judge. Like, he's a, you know, right there with Jesus. Then, when I was in seventh grade, I got to meet Joaquin Jackson, gun and all. I didn't do anything wrong. Came to school, stood right in front of my desk. I just looked up. I mean, his pistol looked like it was this long, strapped on the side of him, you know. What was he, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, He's a tall guy anyway. But I was just sitting in my chair and just like, and it was like, you know, right up there with Jesus. And then, then as I grew older, and, 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 you know, you still have some people like that you, you, you run across in life. And now looking around for people to look at like that nowadays. I mean, if you just find somebody that's not a, oh, God, you know. I, mean, I don't even know what to say. Because all the stuff like that that I would have said was just throw you out. It's like that's just the norm. Are y'all with me? The quality of individual, it seems to me, has gone down. And so I don't have a lot of faith that anything's going to get done by a person of that character. But I'll tell you this much, I have a lot of faith that my Jesus can get a lot done. And I have a lot of faith in that as long as I'll keep in myself in joy and just keep myself under the rabbit effect of letting the, my body function and my, my emotions and my everything else function under the love of God, feel loved, Know my daddy loves me. Know that I'm okay, that, I, that he's taking care of me. Knowing that I got great and precious promises. Knowing that, that God's hand that, that is giving me everything I put my hand to is going to prosper. Knowing that God's going to lead me and guide me. That ain't no weapon going to form against me. It's going to prosper. Hello? Knowing that, that I'm going through the trials, but as I'm going through the trials, I'm just getting tougher. You know? And I may look like I look, and I can go stand in the mirror and look at myself naturally and say, well, you don't look too tough. But then I can look at myself spiritually and say, I want to tell you something more. I'm, I'm like Rocky Balboa. I'm running up the steps. I'm ready for the fight. I'll fight them all. Y'all with me? Because it's a spiritual battle. And once you grab a hold of this and all of a sudden joy is yours, you can say, oh, well, I lived. Wasn't any fun. But I got stronger. I got smarter. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, hey, the rabbit effect is what we want. So stand to your feet if you would. If I got prayer team people, to, y'all come down, please. <coughs> now I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over you and listen to me. I want you to take, when I told that story at the very beginning about Bonanza. If you've had that kind of a relationship with God, just kind of really, you know, you know you're saved, but you just didn't really feel like you're part of the family. You're the one I really want to speak to right now. Because I'm telling you, you've got to understand the love of God. You have got to understand the love of God and a relationship with him. So for you're out there watching or you're in here, I'm going to pray. 
And when I pray, I'm just going to believe that you stretch your faith out. You just turn your heart to God and say, Lord, I, I, I thank you for this. That God will change your, your, your seeing, your heart. He'll get that junk out of there. Just receive it by faith and prayer. So let me pray. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, every person hearing the sound of my voice, I just declare right now that, Lord, today relationships with you change. People that have felt like second class, not really knowing they're adopted in the family, but not really feeling, always feeling like an adopted child, not like a son or daughter of God. Right now, I break that in Jesus' name. I loose the anointing of God upon it to destroy that lie. I declare that the words that have been spoken through this sermon, Lord God, have touched their hearts, have begun to open up their eyes, begin to open up their understanding, that, Lord God, joy begins to come into their hearts, joy begins to come in their, 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 their thinking, to know, Lord, they are highly favored, highly pleased, blessed of God, Mm-mm. blessed of God. And so, Lord, I thank you right now for breaking those bonds, breaking those chains, and victory being theirs. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. Lord, we give you the praise for it. Lord, we're going to live in the rabbit effect. We're going to live, Lord God, in, a, in your love, that perfect love that cast out fear. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us. And Lord, right now, we just give you all the praise and all the glory, and we thank you for your amazing love in our life. And we just can't say thank you enough, Lord. We give you the praise. So Lord, now take us. Take them out into that world and let them share the gospel with everyone. Let the love of God boil out of each and every one of us, touching people's lives, blessing people, changing people's lives. And Lord, we just give you praise for it. We give you thanks for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Now, church, we got prayer team people up here. If you need prayer for anything, we're here. God bless you. Go get them.